Hello and welcome to the Miss Rolling Podcast. As usual, my name is Jacob Staten and as usual, I'm joined by JJ Armstrong. JJ, how are you? I'm surviving. I'm surviving. Despite it being an already tumultuous, hard word to say, week, uh, it's only Tuesday and it feels like a lot's gone on already this week. How are you doing? I'm all right, mate. It has been a bit of a tumultuous week. Uh, <laughs> it was ambitious to go for a big word that early on in the podcast for someone as <laughs> thick as myself, so it was worth a go. No, it's been a good week, mate. Thank you. So, well, well off the pitch, I suppose. Uh, no, not even off the pitch. That's where all the troubles lie. Uh, before we jump into this, pod- uh, this kind of interim podcast, before anything's actually happened again, uh, we're going to, well, let's start with a positive. Uh, we are sponsored by footballprizes.co.uk, which... If anyone's not seen before, it's an amazing place where you go buy a, a raffle-type ticket uh, for the chance to win, you know, Forest obviously, obviously Forest prizes. Um, last week was a signed Chek Kuate t-shirt. Uh, shirt. It was a signed squad shirt with a double chance to win an instant prize of a Chek Kuate shirt. Um, and yeah, the positive is that somebody who, a, a podcast listener, actually won. Uh, so that's actually our second winner. Well, since we've been sponsored by Football Prizes, so uh, I don't think don't know if there's a specific Forest one this week, uh, but head over there because there's all different types of cool stuff, including England stuff as well. If you are that way inclined, JJ. Yes, all the links will be in the description. Uh, for those listening, if you head to our social media, we will post the uh, we will post the links in our description. Not too short, Jacob's gesturing at I'm on the screen. To the description. That's what ah, I'm pointing. Okay, That's you, where you yeah. go. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, we'll keep posting them on social media when there is a forest competition. So keep an eye out; they do some great stuff, and we're on a hot yeah. streak with people coming from us and winning. So you could be yeah. the next winner. Anyway, it could be you. the next stuff. Onto the Can next. We've finally so... been off the forest of magic on and off the pitch song. Jacob, is it now <sighs> non void? Because we're neither. We're, we're neither. Uh, yeah. So the financial fair play, or more accurately, the the profitability and sustainability from the Premier League. Um, have declared that, or well, we declared to them that we we failed, didn't we? Or we were in, we were in breach, shall we say? Uh, before we discuss it, we've got a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a background on the whole thing, just to give a bit of context to what we're talking about. So, Premier League clubs are permitted to lose one hundred five million pounds over a three year period, which works out at thirty five million pounds a season. Yet Forrest did not have £105 million to play with because they were in the championship for the other two seasons that, that have been assessed. Therefore, their losses would be limited to £61 million, £13 million per, for each season, uh, which was the 2020-21 and the 2021-22 seasons, and £35 million for 22-23, their first campaign back in the top flight for 23 years. Um, I think before we say anything, we can all declare this to be absolute horse manure that we are being straddled with these limitations um i kind of almost want to say what's the point of getting promoted um you know we got promoted and yes we bought some martin luther van dross um as well as some great players but surely the idea is to come up and you know you know you know the capitalist utopia that we live in is that we spend money Every, the world keeps turning and you know we we have a good go at staying up um right this is where i i find the whole conversation and the whole idea of this just frustrating because what you read out which i think in itself feels complicated but 
what you read out feels like an already unfair starting point for someone newly promoted if your first season in the Premier League is counted as part of a three-year period and two of those seasons were in the Championship. I almost feel like either you're permitted the same amount of losses as a reward for going up and therefore you're not limited just because you're in the Championship because obviously you have to adhere to the Championship limitations or... You know, your Premier League three-year period starts once you get promoted and that's year one almost. So I know that's not the way the rules work and rules are rules and we're in breach of that. And that is frustrating on so many levels, not just due to the rules, due to the personnel uh, in charge of those matters at the club. But I just can't help but feel slightly hard done by, but I don't really want to play the hard done by card because I think, you know, those rules exist regardless and they, they are hard done by to me but they are there regardless and we should have had an eye on them and it's something that we should have certainly kept into account so I just don't really understand why or how we've managed to do it but it's very frustrating that we have. I think there's some very interesting points to add as well so um, one point is that Nick Randall was in his one of his chief roles at Forest was to ensure that we, we, we we don't fall victim to this um, obviously that went well cheers Nick um, another one is that if we'd sold Brennan Johnson in Brentford in June to Brentford for 35 million we wouldn't have been in breach we held out an extra two months uh, and sold him for 47 and a half so an extra 12 and a half million pounds so we were technically only in breach for, for two months uh, the last interesting thing for me as well is that if you look at the Forest's response to it, it's not that we are appealing it or anything like that. It's that we're going to be fully compliant in our uh, assisting the Premier League in their investigation, which I think overall, given that those are the circumstances, you know, I think we may come out, come out of this with a slap on the wrist and like a suspended deduction and basically like don't do it again. Um, if if you think about the limitations we've had of only being able to lose 61 million and the fact that we're selling Brennan Johnson, which looks like was always the plan in, in pre-season, given that this is the case, um, would have kept us above that threshold. I just I I think there's enough sense there for us to put forward a, a like a, a compelling argument to say we didn't really breach it, we only breached it for two months. Can we can we please, you know? get suspended and suspended points deduction or something like that or even just a fine yeah i mean i wouldn't place blame solely on mr randall i think whilst it was a large focus and part of his job i think to me this is evidence of a club without a clear or any strategy whatsoever i think we've got what looks to be an ownership that are impatient and whilst I would like to just say to the people that feel like you can't be both appreciative of the money and investment and ambition Maranaka shows, but also critical of how his money is spent. I'd just like to say you can, you definitely can be both. Um, I am very appreciative of his ambition and money spent, and he has got some really good stuff and has helped in getting us promoted. Not the sole reason, but it certainly helped. Um, and also critical of how he spent his money because we've also had some not great players walking. So, some bizarre decisions that, to me, scream a club without a clear strategy, and that's why I think we're in this mess. And I don't think you can really place blame solely at Nick Randall, solely at Maranakis Junior, solely at Maranakis Senior. 
solely at Steve Cooper because he wanted John Joe Shelby and therefore everything's his fault. Like this is not quite that clear. It's just a club not looking in the finer details and not sort of putting in the right direction, I think. So that is a frustration to me. And that's why I think we maybe just need to be a bit smarter with how we operate going forward and maybe see this as our own warning, not to play by our own rules. Equally, you follow that up, and this is why it's quite a nuanced thing. The Brennan Johnson sale being the sort of main factor to our argument here of, well, we could have sold him for 30 million. The player didn't want to go. We waited out. We got more money, which in turn, therefore, makes the club more sustainable if it's making that extra bit of money. That's not taken into account. So this is why it's a really confusing point. And I guess their argument back would be, well, what if Tottenham pulled out of the sale and therefore you didn't sell Brennan Johnson, then you're in further breach. Um, and if we were going to breach it anyway, by the sounds of it, then I guess what's the point? But it does feel a little bit weird to me that something that's in place to sort of monitor sustainability doesn't look at waiting two extra months for an extra 17 million as being more sustainable. Yeah. That's, that's where I think our argument will lie. And I, I, you know, I think I think clearly the Premier League are getting hot on this with what happens with Everton early this season. I think they're clearly going to try and drop the hammer very heavily on Man City. I think given how it's happened and you know the fact we got promoted, the fact we were operating in, in different circumstances to every other team that's been felt felt the the sting of this, I think we may get some leniency. Um but yeah, it's it's going to be <clears throat> an interesting. I, th- I think the maximum fine, the maximum points deduction is six. I think. Uh, it's not. I That's think it's maximum in terms about. of our breach. It's obviously scalable, dependent on how much you breach it by. So if it's a high one, obviously ten points is uh, what Everton had. I think you know, there's no. It doesn't have to be ten. I think they can scale it dependent on how much you actually breach it by. But I think minimal breaches which it looks like is a category we fall under tends to be fine 3.6 points so i mean i cannot tell you profit sustainability or financial fair play whatever you want to call it certainly no expert in um i've seen loads of people try on twitter to get their heads around it and i think it's just a really complex subject and it sounds like we've hired a really good lawyer to help combat our uh, defense so let's hope you know, let's hope he's he is as good as everyone says. He's been called the messy of lawyers. So a drop shoulder and a nice slap on the wrist will do me. But uh, I guess we'll see. It's really hard to predict because nobody really knows. And we don't know our punishment. And that's another thing. That seems a bit of a shambles because whether it's true or not, from what I read yesterday, there is the potential given an appeal to find out the result of your outcome and punishment after the season has ended. So you could end the season not knowing what league you're going to be competing in the season after. So that seemed a shambles. And then the rules are changing in August anyway. So I don't really understand it. It doesn't make much sense to me. And it all just feels like a complete and utter shambles. I I agree. I mean, I, I've never really agreed with any of the, of the FFP um protocols or anything like that i mean i don't really understand how you can limit somebody wanting to invest something in their business um we don't do it in any other sector really it it just seems a bit odd to me and <clears throat> it's not doing it's clearly not doing what it's meant to do because we've come up spent money to try and stay up we've stayed up 
and we're being punished. You know, how else are we supposed to, you know, where's the fair play in that? You know, if we'd come up and not spent any money, gone straight back down and had a torrid season in the championship, we could be, you know, theoretically, we could be sat bottom of the championship right now. Are you telling me that's fair? That that, that would be fair, but this isn't. It's uh, uh, and I also have a completely not to dis- disregard. Uh, I completely not to disagree that you you shouldn't be able to give points, ban uh, point deductions to clubs. It only it only punishes the fans. It only punishes the fans. You know, <clears throat> Marinakis could get a six point deduction and go right. Well, I've had enough of this and sell up, and then he's done forever. It doesn't matter to him. We could get a six point deduction and we get relegated, and where. You know, this dream of being back in the Premier League is gone because of money, which is the which is the thing that they're trying to make football not about. Well, football is certainly about money to me. That seems more and more as time goes on, it seems to be all about that, uh, which is obviously a shame to see. And it almost feels like you're punished for doing well, getting out of the championship. And, you know, you get up with due to the implications and the financial strain in the championship, you have to use loans and et cetera to help yourself get up. And because of that, your squad's threadbare and then you need to invest in order to have a good chance of staying up. So you're, you're punished for trying and you're sort of punished for doing well, which doesn't really sit right with me. And yes, we've broken the rules. Regardless, the rules are in place. And like I say, I don't fully agree with them and I don't think they're the fairest rules out there, but we still have. So that's why it's frustrating to me. And with hindsight, you can look back at a list of plays that just haven't worked out in a crazy, chaotic strategy. And I know there's caveats to it of we did get up with a Fred Bear squad, mostly loan, so therefore we had to sign it. But I still think there's a compromise of somewhere in between where we did, what we did and what we could have done that uh, certainly might have helped us a little bit. So, yeah, I think I'll go back to the same word, which is frustrating. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you've got a list of players here, JJ. Which yeah, yes, this is for you. this is the uh, the list of players that I personally have identified as ones that haven't worked out. I'm sure there's more people might have their own opinions on some that have worked out out of this list or some that haven't. But when you just look at 22-23 season, you've got Emmanuel Dennis, Lewis O'Brien, Omar Richards, Remo Froiler, Julian Biancon, Huang Yujo, Josh Bowler, Jesse Lingard, Wayne Hennessy. Loic Barde, John Joe Shelby, Gustavo Scarpa, and Ayu. A lot of poor, like at the time, naturally, we were obviously excited about a few of those names. With hindsight, it's not worked out that way. Same with deadline day this season. At the time, people will say, well, you weren't complaining when they were all flooding in on deadline day. And at the time, yeah, you're right, loved it. But that was because we were under the assurance from club media of videos they put out you know, with a Q&A with the Supporters Trust saying they've got a keen eye on financial fair play and we're completely fine with it. So a lot of hindsight obviously included within that, but it just showcases a not very smart strategy to me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at that list thinking Emmanuel Dennis seemed like a good sign at the time. Lewis O'Brien seemed like it was a risk-free, low-value signing. So we got Toffle at the same time. If we'd have gone back down, they'd have been great players for the championship. Omar Richards, I think, was a risk worth taking. It unfortunately, he signed with a broken leg. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Remo that's Froiler, where the, that's exactly where the list the risk isn't worth taking when you sign to someone with a broken leg. That's why. How has that not been identified? For your, for your physical folks. 
Um, <clears throat> sorry, Remo Froiler, I think was fantastic first off the season, so I wouldn't appoint him on that list. Uh, but he didn't yeah, work um, out. No, he, he didn't no, work he, out. No, I thought he's a good player. Just he was maybe one of the harsher ones on there, but still. Yeah. Bian Khan got the unfortunate ACL injury, didn't he? Huang Yujo, again, I you know, you're quite right, I don't get that. Josh Bowler, I think, should have been in the squad and probably given a go. Jesse Lingard with the best intentions, and it seemed like he did a lot off the pitch, but yeah, I, I imagine he was on a frightening amount of money. Uh Wayne Hennessy, probably harsh to be on there, isn't he? A backup keeper, isn't he? Barde. Well, he can't I be could... that I mean, backup keeper <laughs> when we needed a keeper after our main keeper was injured, he wasn't trusted and we had to get someone else in on a lot of money. So I think that is also a mistake. Okay. Uh, Barde is an interesting one. He was alone, so I hope that we didn't spend any money, if any, uh, not a lot, if any at all. Uh, Shelby, yeah, that was, that was really, that really upset me when I found out that he was a full-on Steve Cooper request. That that, that really, yeah, that that is poor. that, 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 that didn't hurt, that hurt me a lot. Um, Gustavo Scarpa flattered to deceive I think possibly under different circumstances could have worked out I know he had a bit of stuff in his personal life I think he had a kid and he got scammed out of a million quid didn't he so yeah, that kind of never, thing a, never a good time is it no Andre Ayew you know the, the manager trusts him so I get it but yeah he was an absolute waste of a shirt whenever he played <clears throat> then you've put Divock Origi for this season absolutely I think he's been a bit unlucky with injuries but yeah it's just uh, you know Obviously, up for debate, people might have their own specific uh, opinions on these players, but I just think personally they're ones that with hindsight, I'm going to say that again, no one's an expert of hindsight, well, everybody's an expert of hindsight, actually, um, that you can tell when these players haven't worked out and it's unfortunately been a waste of money. Whether you wanted them at the time, whether you thought they were doing okay at the time, in the long run, it just hasn't worked out. Yeah. Absolutely. So if yeah, if there's any that you think we've missed as well, let us know in the comments. That'd be great. Um, so I think that's probably enough for the FFP misery. Uh, on to the misery of a FA Cup replay against Blackpool tomorrow night, which is on ITVX at 7.45. Is that right, JJ? It's on ITV4 as well as ITVX for the people that want their channels. Um, ITV4, I don't know if there's a HD channel now, but I used to hate it watching football on that because it was standard definition. So hopefully, hopefully there's a good quality HD ITV4 channel out there. But yes, our uh, our winter break has been cut short and made non-existent by a trip to Blackpool. Winter break is mad, isn't it? Um, (laughs) Sorry. Uh, so we and JJ have put together our starting 11s, haven't we, Joshua? And a, a bit of a reasoning why. Um, JJ, who's are you showing first? So I'll go for mine first because mine's Ooh. a little bit more normal. So there's a graphic on screen for those watching, as you know, because you're watching. But for those listening, I'll read it out position by position and I'll say why. But I've gone for a pretty much what Nuno's done so far. Spoilers, Jacob's some for some reason got mental and done his own thing, but I'm trying to predict Nuno here, so and also throw in some things that I would like to see. So in goal, I'm gonna stick with Lacadimos. I think he warrants another game. Obviously, he didn't really crown himself in glory, but Turner hasn't either. The news today is that due to the FFP things, we need to be a bit more cautious with our spending, so therefore we're gonna stick by our two keepers, which is terrifying news. So 
I think trying to get him a run of games and see if he can eventually build up enough confidence to not make as many howlers as Turner is probably worth doing. So I think he warrants keeping his position in net. At right back, I've gone for Montiel. I think he had an okay game last time. I think he showcased some brilliant uh, attributes in his games against Man U and Newcastle. He looked a real good player. Didn't show as many of them against Blackpool, but I think it's worth, again, trying, <coughs> trying to get some minutes in these players. So, <coughs> caught your cough, Jacob. So, uh, yeah, I think he warrants a start. I've stitched myself up by putting a centre-back pairing of Murillo and Omabamadeli, which I find difficult to say, but I think Worrell flattered to deceive, possibly on the list of people that are going out of the club. And we just need to see him at some point. So, uh, why not? There's no point in being sat on the bench. I know there's the caveat of if he plays, then he's cup tied and does anyone want him? And actually, if he plays, he's played for both Norwich and Forest in the same season. So can he go elsewhere? Nope. Not too sure. Uh, does that include Europe or just in general? Uh, I think it's anyone under FIFA regulations. But yeah, I, he definitely can't go anywhere in this country. Fair. Well, we need to decide, are we playing him or not? And it's a lot of money to not play him. So I think it'd be good to see him in this. Uh, we need a solid partnership at the back whilst the AFCON players are gone. So let's try these two. Um, I think they're quite like-minded people, so it might be a bit chaotic. I think Murillo maybe needs a more experienced centre-back beside him. But I don't think Felipe can walk anymore, so uh, not too sure if that's going to work out. So Felipe's fit. I would put him in, but I think it's just worth seeing these two in a cup game. Yeah. Left-back, I've gone for Nico Williams. I think Toflo's done nothing wrong. Uh, but obviously he was subbed off at half-time for Tavares last week, so why not experiment with that position? See, Williams is a bit of a utility fullback, and we've had Aina in that position as well, so let's see how he does. He can play that side. I think he's stronger on the right, but I think why not You know, see 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 what he's like compared to Toffolo. Uh, two in midfield have gone for Yates and Mangala. I think at the moment Yates picks himself. He's a battler he wins the fouls and he gets the team moving and I've not been that impressed with Danilo in recent weeks he's shown spells but not been brilliant and I think prior to that Mangala has been one of our best performing players so I'd like to see him get a chance under Nuno obviously there's whispers of him going to various teams uh, Juventus are one Galatasaray are another someone else entered the race today that I just can't remember who it is so it looks like he's out uh, the the bid today from the club that came in was, I think it was 25 million euros option to buy with after a loan. Um, so apparently Maranakis rates him higher than that. But I think for me, I'd certainly keep him. Easy to say when it's not my money and we're not in, <laughs> we're talking about financial fair play restrictions. So maybe it's one we have to do. But I think whilst certainly whilst the players are away in AFCON, um, if he's on loan with the option to buy in the summer anyway, let's just keep him till the summer. Uh, that's my thoughts. And then three in front of them are Hudson, Adoy, Gibbs, White and Dominguez. I think they pick themselves with news that Alanga is possibly out for a long time. Uh, of course he is. I've just put him into my fantasy football after using my wild card. So why wouldn't he be? Um, I think they have all sort of picked themselves, these three. So I think they've been brilliant. Uh, and then up top, Chris Wood, because basically we've got no one else, but also, you know, he's impressed me recently. So that's what I've gone for. A typical Nuno style, as what he's done in recent weeks, resting a few players, trying out a few new things, and I still think it's plenty strong enough to win that game and hopefully get us into the next round. 
Thoughts, Jacob? Any criticisms there? No, none at all, mate. None at all. I think is is maybe two players different from mine. <clears throat> I think it's you know it's we discussed uh, the podcast after the Blackpool game, after the, the the home tie. I think Yates should have been partnered with Mangala rather than Danilo. Um, I love Dominguez on left wing. I think we do miss Alanga. It's clearly got something creative wise. Um, but yeah, I, no, no criticisms whatsoever, mate. Okay, well, over to yours. Um, I'm about to put a graphic on screen. When Jacob sent me this through, I didn't really know what he was doing. I thought we were trying to predict Nuno. He's predicted someone completely different. So, Jacob, talk us through it and read it out for those that are listening. So, I've actually, I don't think this is as crazy as JJ's made out, but uh, I've basically <laughs> gone for what Nuno played at. Wolves with the back three or the back five. Um, it looks a bit odd on the screen. Now you you showed me. It looks a bit like an upside-down sword. But um, So I've gone for Vlacodimos in goal, uh, three centre-backs of Joe Worrell, Andrew Omobamidele, Murillo, uh, Montiel right wing-back, Toffo left wing-back with Yates, Mangala and Dominguez in midfield with Gibbs White behind Chris Wood. <coughs> I think this is more akin to what he did at Wolves. I think he will use the opportunity for uh, a back three for stability. I think there's a a bit of a chance of, given how well Blackpool played, of of being caught out away. They want that extra defensive structure. Um, But yeah, I just, I think the the only change is Toffolo for Williams and who did you have instead of, who am I missing from your team? Oh, I haven't got Callum Hudson the door. I've got Joe Warren instead for the back five. Um, but yeah, I just, I just a bit, bit more stability. Um, you know, put a, I don't, I, I have a feeling Joe Warren won't leave. He's only just signed a new contract as well, hasn't he? So I, I don't know. I just thought a bit, bit more stability at the back, away from home, a chance for Omar Medelli and Murillo to play with each other. I think that's probably the future of our centre backs. Um, but yeah, I just I, I don't know. It sets. I think it sets us up. I think we're probably possibly a bit too defensive away from home with this. But I just thought it was it'd be more stable. Would you not rather just go for it, be attacking away from home in the cup against Blackpool, and if you go out, you go out? Uh, I would have preferred to do that in the home leg. Yeah, so we've got to go and play. We've got to go and play a replay. Play it properly. That's that's what I'd. Okay. Okay, and I think <laughs> in terms of Warrell going that point, I just think personally, I think it's the best for everyone if it's uh, time to move on. If he doesn't, I'm going to say, I really hope he uh, proves us all wrong. But uh, I think given the circumstances, it's possibly his time, but I don't think he can go unless an adequate replacement has been made because obviously January leaves us quite short with options considering. Omar Bamadeli, you know, hasn't played for us yet, so he's relatively unknown quantity. Worrell's had his problems. McKenna's going. You know, Felipe's apparently injured. So we're thin on the ground without Niakate uh, and Bolly. So a good replacement coming in before he goes is probably needed. So I'm not sure I can see that happening, given what we've mentioned about financial fair play. So it'd be interesting to see that how that develops. Yeah, I suppose another aspect of the financial fair play thing is that we're it feels like we're very much like we're stuck with Vlacodimos and Turner, doesn't it? Well, that was the news that was released earlier is that we have to be a bit more cautious with it, so therefore we're going to stick with the two keepers, which 
I think every Forest fan or Forest content creator would have said that that's a position that we desperately need to change. So concerning, but uh, I guess let's hopefully get Black Demos running games and see if he can do any better than Turner did with a run of games because I still find Black Demos a weird keeper because I don't think he's actually done anything right or wrong. Uh, but has obviously left in quite a few goals, so bizarre situation, really. I, I completely get it. I, I you know, I, I know I'm. If I had to pick one, I think I said it last time. I'd pick Lacadimos. Just, just my opinion. Um, mainly because I can't, like you said, I, I don't think he's done anything wrong, but I don't think he's done anything right. Whereas Matt Turner, I can, I don't have enough fingers to count the the mistakes that he's made. And, you know, those mistakes aren't just mistakes. They're mistakes that are directly lead to golds. Um, mm. So, yeah, it's Flackadimos for me. But, yeah, I, I completely get who people who would say that Turner's a good shot stopper and that kind of thing. I just think it's not exclusive to say he's a good shot stopper. You've got to also be able to kick a ball up a pitch. Correct. Um, any score predictions for this game? Uh, have your thoughts changed? 3-1 Forest. You? I'll take a 2 0. I'll take a nice, comfortable game with no injuries, please. And let's just focus on the next game, which is coming up, which is, of course, Brentford Jacob. Oof. Slides us in. Yeah. Um, it's a, it's, I think you described it earlier as, as, is this game even bigger due to the FFP situation? I, I, I don't really think so. I think, in the grand scheme of things, this won't be the game that makes or breaks us. However, I think that, if we did were to come out of this game with three points, the impact that would have on the fans and the club in general would be huge. I don't think I don't think a loss is devastating, but I think a win is just something really, really positive for the club. Yeah, obviously when Everton had their points deduction, there was a few games immediately after being announced where everyone was behind the team, knew that they had to, and they sort of used it as a reason to just go for it. So they picked up a few really good results and I hope that sort of makes us kick on as well. Um, I think it's a big game. I don't think the game's any bigger due to financial fair play stuff. I think it's a big game when you look at the uh, narrative of the table. Uh, Brentford are one place below is on 16th with one point less. They haven't won in their... They've lost their last five games, so they're sliding down. Um now, naturally, there's one player that's going to be talked about returning, which I think everyone's slightly concerned about, yeah. which is Ivan Tony, And he is an elite striker. Um, he shouldn't be at Brentford. He should certainly be at a top half of the table club for sure. Maybe even could be argued top six. He's very, very good. Obviously, he's going to be lacking some match sharpness. I've been seeing clips of him banging some goals in for his behind closed doors, friendlies and B-team games, and blah, blah, blah. So there is that, but obviously that's not quite the pace of Premier League games. So I don't know, Brentford are playing in the cup, aren't they, against Wolves? I don't know if that's tonight. Yeah, they've got a uh, it's either tonight or tomorrow, isn't it? So it'll be interesting to see if he is starting for them. It'll be interesting to see if he is, let me just look, he's not starting and he's not even on the bench. So that's interesting. He can't um, play until the 18th. Right, okay. Well, that's why I told you. Um, <laughs> I was just testing you, Jacob. So, uh, 
<laughs> there's there's that. So obviously, I don't know if they're going to just chuck him in straight away in a Premier League game. I think that's quite risky, but he is very good. He's going to be hungry to prove a point. So that is a worry. Uh, but more importantly, you know, they don't have Embuemo. They don't have Rico Henry. And they are two players that made them tick alongside Tony. So they have still got some good players. Uh, I rate quite a few of them. Keen Lewis Potter, Josh De Silva, Ben Mee. You know, there are some very good players in there still. For Aja, he's pretty good as well. Like yes. Yes. Collins is good. Darmsgaard is good. But I think purely on paper, I think we've got enough in our squad to be better. Well, certainly with, with the AFCON players back. But um, I think at the minute it would be quite a close affair. But I think we just about edge it on paper. But football isn't played on paper. So I think three points and just, you know, pushing that gap a bit higher is definitely definitely needed at this time yeah. and also it's three less points to worry about in terms of a potential points deduction so I really hope we can get the dubby as the kids say get that win so JJ if you really hope we can get that win what do you think the score will be I'm going to once again go with 2-0 oh, I'm going to okay. say 2 the Reds Two 0 to the mighty Nottingham Forest. I think. I think it will be a tough game, but I think, given like the players that they are missing, um, even though we're missing some, I think, given the narrative of the sort of financial fair play, I think we're going to have our bit between the teeth. I think we're going to go for them, and I hope it's two 0 I'm going to go two all. I th- mm. I think it, it would be a positive result, but I. I don't know. I think they'll, they'll be buoyed by the fact that they've got Tony back, and like you say, he's a he's a top quality striker. Um, yes. yes, it's kind of kind of maddening to me when you see that Man United bought that Rasmus Hoyland for ninety million, and yet Ivan Tony plays for Brentford. Yeah, I don't think he'll be there much longer. No. Um, wouldn't it all shock me if he went to Arsenal and then played against us, scored a few goals against us because they're coming up. So, uh, yeah, I think a point. Just on that, if it was 2-2, I think a point is a really positive result. I think any points away from home, given where we were at last season, is positive. Uh, We just need to pick up points. And if we can't win, don't lose is essentially it. So, would obviously have three points, goes without saying. But I think I would not be mad if we picked up a point away. Yeah, absolutely. So, if you're joining us for the first time, thank you very much for finding us. We really appreciate it. And if you've come back again and again and again and again and again and again and again, God knows we love you. You reds. You reds.